Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. This game's done a lot for me, mm -hmm. uh, a lot for me personally and my family. Um, you know, I've said this, you know, on, on other, you know, shows, but my parents are immigrants. I'm first generation. I grew up with, you know, you know in a tough neighborhood here in, in, in Brooklyn, Brownsville, where there's crime and poverty and, you know, violence. And it was hard to, to make it out of there. And the game of football is the reason why, or a big reason why, along with a lot of the great people that mentors I've had in my life, why I was able to have the success that I've had. So to disrespect the game that way was 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 something that you know, trust was lost, and there were certainly some some strained relationships. And ultimately, I think that was you know, to my demise in, in Miami. That's Brian Flores. Really, the story of the week in the NFL in this uh, absence of. Football, right? Coming off the AFC NFC Championship game, Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, the Pro Bowl, yeah, whatever, uh, and the Senior Bowl, yeah, whatever. Brian Flores is 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 the story mm -hmm. around the NFL. The NFL has big questions to answer when it comes to these allegations, and uh, there has been support for Brian Flores. We told you we talked about that yesterday. I think what's interesting now, the latest development, guys like John Elway and Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, are coming out and saying. Like that's not us. That they, I mean, we're being this this defamatory and and all this. So they're really defending themselves. Well, so you now have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they are, but yeah. they're not denying. I mean, yeah. I mean, they are denying. Sure. And so one way to do it is stay silent, right, mm -hmm. and just not answer it. But now this has become a okay. Well, who's telling the truth, mm -hmm. right? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's got receipts? Like, how can we find out? Will we find out? Uh, I don't think I've seen any of this on the Giants part of it like i don't think the giants have put out a statement of any kind about their process yeah i don't think i saw that so well, i mean i think it's hard for the giants to defend themselves because you do have the receipts there yeah so there, yes, there are yeah i mean what are you gonna say that's not true bill belichick was lying I yeah mean, it's kind of hard to you know well and that's probably why right yeah. i mean it's hard to I, I think to be honest with you the one of the three heavy allegations that flora's made mm -hmm. i go back to the giants one as being the most likely to be proven correct. I'm not discounting what Flores is saying. I'm just saying I don't know if we'll ever know that Stephen Ross offered him $100,000. There are reports down in Miami that there's an eyewitness. Okay, that's still he said, she said. Is there something written down? I'm trying to think from like a court of law standpoint. Sure. Is Stephen Ross ever going to be found guilty of that? I, unless somebody else heard it, unless there's an email, unless there's a text, unless there's a phone conversation, unless we know, I just don't know how you prove that. I said to you the other day uh, that I thought it was a little murky on the Denver situation from 2019 when I think the, the wording in the lawsuit was something to the effect of, well, like Elway and others appeared disheveled and like they had been drinking. Mm -hmm. Well, 
can you prove that? Or I mean, are you just video saying that? of the interview? Well, maybe. And yeah. can you prove that? Like, yeah. I don't know how you prove that stuff. But maybe when you put that out there in a lawsuit, there's more things that you have when you actually go to court for it and, and other things. So I'm just telling you, on the, fr on the headline version of things, I think the giant situation speaks the most volumes because we saw it unfold. Mm -hmm. And it looked like it was about to unfold in Minnesota with Jim Harbaugh potentially, too. Uh, now, it didn't. Uh, but it also is the most realistic of saying, yeah, I, I can see that happening because the Rooney rule is in place. Mm. So, uh, but my point, I guess my question in that, Austin, is what does that show? Does, would that show discrimination? Would that show uh, the NFL's hiring tactics are wrong? Could that force change? Could there be some monetary value in it for Flores or others? I, I don't know if they were able to prove, which looks like they could, the giant situation where they had basically determined their coach before they hired an, uh, or, or even interviewed Flores. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, punishment on something like that? Oh, I mean, I think it's it's going to be severe. Um, I, I mean, I really have no idea what the punishment could be. I don't know if you... <sighs> a fine draft, draft picks. picks yeah. uh, I'm not sure what all goes into that, but I mean... Yeah, you have the receipts from that one. So that goes to show you that your coach is already picked. You gave Brian Flores a, a sympathy interview to try to appease uh, a protocol that was put in place to help stop discrimination. And in making a mockery um, of that said rule, of that said protocol, you just brought more, um, you know, you just brought more discrimination to that rule. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be a, a, a huge gavel coming down on the New York Giants at least and then we'll see what happens with it, the Broncos and Dolphins alike. Which is really interesting because a guy like Brian Dable maybe just took a job that he did nothing to create this mess sure. that the Giants are in but could pay the prices, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Teresa says witnesses are considered proof. Uh, well, again, I'm not a lawyer. Okay. I, I just don't know exactly. I, I saw a report down in Miami that so, somebody had talked to somebody that had witnessed that conversation, I guess, um, or said that they had con con, uh, witnessed that conversation. I just don't know when you're if filing a lawsuit if that kind of stuff would hold up. It, can it be knocked down? Can it poke holes in it? Can does it become he said she said? I, well, I just don't yeah, know. But I mean, we I don't know enough details there. But. Sure, but I feel like eyewitnesses only only helped your case. It would certainly help. Yeah. yeah, it's not at least it wasn't just Flores and him in a room. Yeah. but I really think what could help is a text or an email. Or oh something. no, that's you know I, mean, I mean that that's the end all be all because then you're. Uh, essentially a mission of guilt um, if, if it isn't an email or, or text. But, I mean, I think an eyewitness is a good start. Let me ask you this. Do you think in the hiring process going forward a good thing for the NFL would be to involve a third party? Um, you know, we have search firms sometimes. But, again, I think I talked about this late last week or early this week that the search firm has gone, like, extinct. I don't, I don't feel like anybody used a search firm this time around, or maybe even the last couple of years. It doesn't feel like it. You hire Bill Polian to help out, but that's like a guy that's on your team. You've paid him to uh, consult. What I'm wondering is, does the NFL need to establish basically a committee of some court, uh, some some kind, or hire a third party of, of headhunters or whatever it might be to follow these processes for each organization when there are openings? Mm. So you know they're doing it the correct way. They're not fabricated. They have to be documented, all these things, and there's no getting around the system. I, I don't know if that's an answer to potentially getting it correct where you don't trust the teams to do it by themselves without a little bit of monitoring. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you get it correct because now you're just essentially putting a chaperone on somebody and saying, you guys better follow the rules. You but guys better do things one? the right. They definitely need a chaperone, but I would rather, like, I envision an NFL where they do things the way they're supposed to be done without anybody telling them differently. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, th- that helps the situation, but once again, it's to me, it's kind of like the Rooney rule where it's like, all right, you, you're going to slap a chaperone and say, you guys better do this thing right, and the guys are probably going to go, okay, we will. Like, that's not really correcting the problem, I think. It's just... It's letting it so the problem doesn't happen again, but, like, that doesn't change, I think, the nature of the process. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think, like, will you see more black coaches hired because they have chaperones watching over these GMs and owners? I don't think so. Yeah, I, and I don't know if it does that, but it maybe avoids at least a Flores situation where you're doing a token interview with a black coach just to meet the Rooney rule, even though you've already made the decision. But here's the thing, though. I want the Flores situation. Like, we need the Flores situation. So I'm all for this right now. So well, right like, now, I'm glad this happened. Forward. Oh, no, no, of course not. But, like, I'm happy this Flores situation is happening right yeah. now because it's bringing light onto it. No, yeah. I mean, obviously, going forward, I don't want to see this happen to any coach like a, like a Brian Flores ever again. But if it does happen again, well, then guess what? You'll get outed once more, and then you'll get put underneath the fire. So, yeah. like... I guess you know? what I, I'm just trying to correct if I'm the NFL even or if I'm uh, if I'm coach, the coach's circle or... That, that I would like, hey, I don't trust this not to happen again. Mm-hmm. So what can we put in place to make sure everything is going along? And then after the process is when they start making their decisions. They evaluate. They do those things. Sure, everybody's got a gut, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't make that decision until the end. So at the very least, everybody's getting a fair shake to blow that owner away, to give them their plan, to to say, I can turn around your organization. Because quite frankly, in the realization, I, I we said this the last couple of days, like, if winning just matters, like, I want to hear everybody that I'm going to interview because I want that guy to blow me away and tell me something the other guy hasn't told me. I don't want these premeditated thoughts in my mind of, of who I want to hire. I want to go in there as an open mind. But that's pretty apparent that some of the coaches don't. Correct. Um, and, and some of the owners don't. And, and with all due respect, I mean, Shad Khan, I'm not sure, had an open mind in last year's process. He had a target. You know, yeah. he had somebody that he wanted. Yep. And I think it was pretty crystal clear he wanted Urban Meyer uh, to be the guy. So uh, that's the more you can avoid doing that. There are going to be some cases, I'm sure. There's a hot go. Like, you know, when Kansas City hired Andy Reid yeah. right away, boom. They're like, hey, we'll go right after him. Yep. It made sense. It made sense to do that. Mm-hmm. And it worked out for him to do that. Uh, so uh, that that's what I would encourage, at least the NFL, to at least make it a system and a process that plays out all the way to the end before these kind of judgments uh, could certainly be passed. Uh, let's bring Steven into the fold here. I think he has more on the forest situation. What's happening, Steven? Hey, guys. How you doing today? We're fantastic. We're coachless. Fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm on the highway, so Brent doesn't start guessing. Where is Steve calling from today? Right, thanks for the heads uh, up, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, my question for you is there seems to be, you know, I guess you wanted to call it loopholes to every rule. Uh, like, for instance, you know, Ziggler was getting hired at Las Vegas, and he's like, hey, I want Josh McDaniels as my head coach. So, basically, they just right away hired Josh McDaniels. So, I was going to ask you guys what your opinion would be is, now that it's out there in social media and everything like that, if we were, once again, hypothetically speaking, to go, uh, hire Byron Leftwich, and, you know, they finally either demoted or let Balky go, since he specifically wants somebody... Isn't that kind of like a loophole just to hire him, or 
do you just have an interview that makes no sense when the person knows they're not getting the job? Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, listen, I think interviews are done for a variety of reasons. One, if you're of an open mind about interviews, then you're waiting to hear and you want to be convinced that either the guy you think is going to be the guy is the guy or you want to be blown away and say, wait a minute, I'm going to think twice about that, that, that what I thought, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it's also irresponsible for an owner not to have a plan of some kind. That's kind of what we're trying – we think at least a view of this is happening in Jacksonville. Like it looks like a plan that is not really a plan. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can't have it both ways. He had a real, he had a plan last year, went out and got his guy. This year looks like a plan that's either evaporated or, or been blown up or just wasn't one, yeah. you know? So it's going to be somewhere in between that. Uh, but, and, and I think there are always going to be loopholes. You know, if you want your guy, you want your guy. But the other reason you do interviews, Austin, is for intel. I mean, you get what a guy's all about. You, you start doing your research when this guy comes available the next time. I, you know, it's one of the great things about the NFL, if they're smart about it, is that's why I think Byron Leftwich should have had a lot more interviews in this cycle. Mm -hmm. Because if I think he has a chance to be a rising star in the next few years, even if he's not hired in Jacksonville. And so if I was an organization, I'd be bringing him in and trying to do my due diligence on him when I can in case four years from now or three years from now I end up without a coach. And I'm looking for one. I'm like, man, I remember that interview with Byron Leftwich. Now, let's see. Let's go back and visit that one again because he mm -hmm. blew me away. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't think he was right at the time, might be right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of intel you can get off these interviews. No, without a doubt, you know. Um, but to, to get back to the question, I mean, yeah, one would assume if Byron Leftwich gets hired, I mean, Wilson would be, you know, if they are going to change GMs, I mean, it would be nothing but a formality at that point. I mean, that's 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 what it is. Now, you, you still do the interview because you still got to do the process and everything, and you still do your due diligence. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree on, on that standpoint. Now to say, did, did the Giants know who they wanted off the get-go because they had, you know, the the former Bills GM or, you know, the former Bills whatever associate? I, I mean, that's a possibility, but you still have to abide by the channels. And, and you still have to, I think, give people a fair shot. That's not to say, like, if they hired Byron Leftwich, would Wilson be the guy? More than likely. But who's to say maybe some other guy comes in and absolutely blows the doors off? Yeah. And now it's like, well, Leftwich is like, oh, you know what? Actually, yeah, that makes sense because I know that guy too. You know, I mean, just because there's the rumors saying this guy wants doesn't mean he's not willing to work with somebody else as well. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, and I think that's what could have transpired here yeah. is that you could have hired left, which you could have fired bulky. You'd say, and this is what I wanted to happen, right? You all along is you go and you have your owner and your head coach go find the GM. Mm -hmm. And then you do the, and by the way, if there's a front, Hey, I got this guy shot. All right. And shot has uh, other owners and other people have referred this guy to the, another guy to shot, mm -hmm. you know, and now you have your two and then you get another one in there and you get another one. Even if it takes that, you have four guys and you pick from that and boom. I mean, again, pretty simplistic process. Uh, a checkers process where the Jags seem to be playing chess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for no reason. For sure. Nobody else is playing chess. Yeah. We're in a checkers tournament. The Jags are playing a chess tournament. By the way, Casey, do I get a point for not having Jim Harbaugh uh, go back to, uh, I mean, I had him go back to Michigan. Do I get a point for that on our tally or not? No. Where did I have Harbaugh? Are you sure? Going? You had him going back to Michigan? Yeah, positive. Who'd you have in Las Vegas? I, I had him retaining uh, oh, Sachi. Check, check the tape. Check the tape all day. Huh, all right. I promise you. No, you don't get a point for that. God, I don't know about that. Hey, by the way. Real, I don't know about that. Hey, I'm the auditor. I take the receipts. He Listen. did have that. <laughs> I had Basachi at two in Vegas. Oh, I know. But then you have that Harbaugh? Friday, Harbaugh? That Friday, I guess, I didn't have Harbaugh anywhere. So oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't think he was getting a job. 
Oh, you thought I was going to say Michigan? I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't think. Oh, it was scratch that then. Yeah. Scratch I mean, I'll take another point. No, 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 no. All of a sudden, we're, we're all good. it must have been that Friday. Then that Brent wasn't here. You said he was the first domino to fall because you thought Vegas. That's what it was. What's the? Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't predict him there. Oh, okay, cool. Anyway, no, you're not. It, hold up, don't misquote me. I said if he goes back to Michigan, that's the first domino to fall. I thought so, you said if he went to Las Vegas, that was the. first Oh domino. no, I said his decision is the first domino. Uh, so if he goes back to Michigan, well then Raiders go. Okay, we need somebody else. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. All right, look at the YouTube. This is all I've been trying to get in. My man's name is Fax Kellerman. I like that a lot. That's fantastic. I like that a lot. And he says, I wasn't thinking he didn't want Wilson because he different wanted to fire Balky because of money, but adding Spielman into the loop doesn't make sense. I'm completely lost. Fax Kellerman, we're all lost, partly because we don't use faxes anymore. Oh, I think he's saying he's got fax. Okay, okay. He's oh, F-A-X. Goodness. Yeah, I know, Brent, because Matt, Brent, <laughs> hey, hey, man, should we bring Stuart up here, too, and, and we can have a punt-off? Hey, we can, we can have a punt-off. <laughs> hey, uh, where does Aaron Rodgers end up? Settle down. I've said much worse <laughs> on my Stuart efforts. I just, I, that's, they're such aggressive moves. Where's uh, Aaron Rodgers end go. up? Did you see the rumors today about Tennessee? Yeah, how are they going to afford him? Did you listen to what A.J. Hawk said on the McAfee show? I didn't hear him, no. Yeah, he pretty much said y'all are stupid. <laughs> he bought he bought land. He didn't buy a house. He still has to build a house. Oh, in Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. But my same question, how are they going to afford him? Well, I think I saw $27 million is the cap number for the team that gets Rodgers. Okay. That's not horrible. That doesn't seem like that's not... Twenty-seven million. Only? Yeah, it seems like you could afford that. Okay, well, I mean, the Titans are over the cap right now. By are how they? much? Uh, ten million. Okay. Well, this obviously would well, have to do with unloading. Year. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, ten this year. Trading Aaron Rodgers, according to Spotrack, Spotrack, whatever it is. Uh, yep. Uh, new team acquires contract one year, twenty-seven and a half million. It's a cap hit of the same. Uh, the Packers dead cap, if before June first, is twenty-six point eight million. After it's, uh, you can 50. spread it out over two years. Okay. All right, well, Rogers projects to a three-year, $139 million extension currently in their system. Uh, so if he goes to somewhere and signs the extension or if he's just going for a one-year stop, I guess that would be a differentiation. But uh, then, if he does sign an extension, then you can make the funny money work however you want, most likely. But one-year, $27.5 million for Aaron Rodgers next year is certainly an affordable, uh, at least on paper, for probably many teams. You can yeah. slide things around, right? Especially when Ryan Tannehill's cap hit is $38 million. Oof. That's what the cap it is? Yeah. Wow. So. Like, you can't even, can't even trade Where does he end up? No, you're pot committed. Where does he end up? You're in trouble there. Like, uh, where does Aaron Rodgers end up? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he ends up in Tennessee. I just thought it was interesting that Tennessee got brought up. Yeah. I understand the connections, but keep him out of the AFC South, okay? Yeah. Uh, there's a chance we can have a, maybe the best quarterback in the AFC South if things work out here in sure. Jacksonville, and nothing seems to be working out. Mm -hmm. But does he end up in Green Bay? Does he go to Hackett in Denver? Is that is the obvious path that everybody wants to align uh, together, is is that the right path? Is that how this story ends? I think he goes to Denver you right do. now. Yeah. I mean, Denver's got a lot of, I mean, let's see. They're fifth right now in calories and uh, in, in salary cap space, so they can definitely afford him. They can probably give some more guys around him. I think Denver's the... They really don't have to do too much around him, right? I mean, they've got a lot of players on the offensive side around them. No, I mean, I think like maybe offensive line. I don't know how the offensive line is. Um, running back's pretty promising. I'm not sure with, with Melvin Gordon. I mean, he's going to go with Williams the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
He's going to be the every down back? Yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got salary cap open. So. Yeah, 38 million. And here's what, the, by the way, they have plenty. This is what I was, there's Top two parts of this, defense. right? Because you got to make, um, you got to make the trade still, right? Yeah, for sure. Because he's got one year left. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's a free agent. No, 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 Devontae gonna... Adams is a free agent. But yeah, Aaron well, they're, Rodgers they're probably going to tag him. I know, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah. He can't just walk out the door, my point. Yeah. Being. So they still got to get them to do that part of the business. Mm-hmm. So it means you need a partner. And money, people would think you would do right mm-hmm. by Aaron Rodgers if you're Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And getting him to Denver is not that far-fetched because it's not like it's in your division or even in your conference. So it makes some sense. Uh, but the part of that that I was asking is really does Denver have the draft capital to maybe make that move or feel comfortable making that move? And the answer is clearly yes. Uh, they have a first, uh, two seconds, two thirds, a fourth, two fifths, a sixth, and two sevenths. Holy cow. So they got a bunch of capital, right? I mean, the Von Miller trade and other yeah. trades have really stacked the pile. So they've got, they've got every situation plausible to be able to even overpay, even with draft capital, to Green Bay. Well, I mean, as long as they have the first rounders, I think it's going to cost a couple first rounders. You think it'll be a couple? I mean, I'd say like this year's and next year's at least. You don't think it's say, well, I guess it depends how many suitors, and you'd think there would be a few, right? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know how much leverage the Green Bay side has in this. Aaron Rodgers wants out. He's been a great packer for you, mm-hmm. and he only has one year left on his deal. So if you lock him into it, he just does whatever for a year, and you lose him, for, and you get nothing. Yeah, you know, so but, I, but it just depends how much supply and demand. I, guess. I mean, you got the Dolphins are a possibility. I think. I think you have the Colts as a possibility. Yeah. Steelers are a possibility. So I think you got some teams out there. Hey, by the way, don't be surprised if you see a team like the Packers floating a team like the Titans out. <laughs> you know, to try to create, oh, yeah. try yeah. to create at least this idea yeah. that there's a hell of a lot of interest or even more interest or get ready. You didn't see this team coming. Sure. Right. Sure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. That would be a fascinating look. By the way, I think a team that could certainly be in the mix here as well, a team like the the Raiders, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Carr, I mean, to try to make that splash and upgrade. Here's the shocking thing to me that I can't believe right now. $20 million in cap room for the Raiders, by the way. The, the crazy thing about, because I'm looking at, what is this, overthecap.com. I'm checking out team salary caps. You know, Rams next year are going to have some trouble, obviously, keeping everybody. Do you know who has the most money in the salary cap next year? Right now, uh, who's third? I'm on. I'm on the website. Yeah. Oh, so you've seen it. So I see it. It's crazy, though, right? The the the, the Super Bowl contending Cincinnati Bengals yep. are third right now in salary cap next year. That's wild to me. And it's wild. That's the the benefit of having a couple of young bucks getting the job done, right? And fourth on that list is her is Chargers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But again, the, it's the great thing about the rookie quarterbacks. That's yeah. what we've talked about a lot over yeah. the years. You don't have to have that $40 million quarterback. Can you win right now? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs benefited for a while there, right, for three years. Well, now Russell Wilson, they're sixth, though, in Seattle. Oh, they didn't spend sorry, any money seven. on their offensive line. No, for sure. That's why he wants out. <laughs> well, how do the Colts have $40 million? They are. They, no, they have had the, a lot of money. The Colts have yeah, the Colts have had a lot of money. they're paying Carson Wentz like everything. Yeah, Colts have had a lot of money. They've chosen not to spend the money, Like, which, by the way, it should come. The Colts, get, they're like immune to criticism. Yeah. But but they didn't make the playoffs, and they're sitting on $40 million. I just can't get over the Bengals. If you're the Bengals, like I know everybody Devonta like. Devonta Adams. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. You know how everybody like backloads a contract? <laughs> Imagine that offense. Oh. Uh, so, who, I'm sorry. Who would you sit? So who? I, mean, uh, I I would say, hey, Tyler Boyd, it's been real, but we're we're just gonna go like three. We're just gonna go three wide the whole time. 
That's fair. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. I'm having a heart attack. Oof. Hey, Kansas City, take a seat. There's a new offensive time. Oh, my bad, Casey. What are you saying, though? Since you always backload a contract yeah. and you have all the money right now, why not front load it and pay him? And then on the back end, you're okay. Talking about paying Burrow. Burrow. See what I'm saying? Well, you, I don't even think you can do a contract with him until after this year, the next year. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Right, because he's only in year two. So I think you've got to go through at least th- third year. But yeah, has that ever sure. happened where, like, because, like, I was looking at Tannehill's deal just a second ago. His base salary this year was a million, and next year it's 25. Do they ever flip it and go the other way? Well, I th- when you flip it, that's the signing bonus, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, if you want to front load a contract and kind of have a good faith in that person, because, you know, that's, that's in good faith, because now you're saying, yeah. here's all the money up front. Hopefully you don't screw us over. Right. That's the signing bonus. All right, hey, we got to take a break, and we got to update the news. Uh, Rick Stroud from Tampa saying that Byron Leftwich is about to remove his name from uh, consideration for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. Just had this conversation before the show with Casey. I just brought it up with you. And what's really interesting is to piggyback the question now of if that were to happen, what if Wikipedia is right about Doug Peterson? Where does that leave you? The name Basaccia comes to mind, at least off what Rick Stroud's saying. Let's talk more about it when we come back. The latest news on Byron Leftwich. Hit the panic button, Casey. Panic button. Do we have one of those? I think we do. I knew we used to have one on TV. I don't know about up here in radio, but the panic yeah. button might be hit in Jacksonville as they continue to screw up this coaching search. We'll be back on ESPN 690. We were paid for, you know, you're going to see it as losing, but the way the team was built, there was no chance really to win and win at a high level. You're in a situation to where what you have to do is uh, do the best you can. My record that year was 1-15. Uh, there was a four-year plan that was crafted, and I have documentation of that. I think any coach would kind of cringe at if he saw it because it talked about things that had nothing to do with winning. Aggregate uh, rankings, uh, being the youngest team, uh, having so many draft picks. None of those things are what lead to winning. Teams that win don't have a lot of draft picks. I think that's Hugh Jackson. That is. Talking about the Cleveland days, which also has come into question, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, See, that's really interesting. And by the way, I think some of that is around Sashi Brown, who used to work for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good dude, too, uh, from the Jacksonville days. I haven't talked to Sashi in a long time. But he was brought in as a very, like, non-traditional GM. That analytic wave and, and trying to do, like, crunch the numbers and map out a plan. Very Houston Astros-esque in my estimation. That's the way I liken it. Yeah. I don't know all the details of it. But that's the way, I, in my mind, I liken it. And uh, so it's interesting to hear Hugh Jackson talk about those days. But he has not definitively given an example of they told me to tank. Mm-hmm. He's just saying the tea leaves added up at times, uh, much like we have questioned about the teams not aren't like full in on winning. Yes. A lot of the James Robinson situation or the Gardner Minshew. You can insinuate that, okay, what were they really doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Hugh Jackson was saying, maybe to a little bit further degree. Uh, but that's what he was doing about the Cleveland days. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, and... Do you think if it comes out that the Jaguars... And I'm just... This is speculation. Obviously, I'm just making a joke here. But if the Jaguars are accused of, you know, purposely tanking to get Trevor Lawrence, do you think your video in the middle of Buffalo Wild Wings is going to be brought into evidence? Uh, it should not. I don't want to be part of that. Okay. But I would definitely blame the other guy. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you think so, Casey? Oh, yeah. I can see this being on Judge Judy 
Exhibit A. <laughs> We're going to have and, to and, testify. And, 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 oh, yeah. Well, not oh, yeah. me. I wasn't here. Well, hey, in case you heard me, I was against it, right? You heard me oh, come yeah, out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have the records. We I'll have the receipts. To, I'll come to court with you, but... Auditors got receipts, so I'm safe. I'm good, man. I'm chilling. I'm watching this take place. I can't wait. Rento, best of luck. Thank you. I've always wanted to be a part of a deposition. Maybe not not really. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's not one of my goals in life. Uh, the big story now. Mm. Byron Leftwich. I asked, I'm telling you, I just, we talked about it in the first hour, and I brought this scenario up, and I'm like, why hasn't he pulled out of the consideration yet? Mm-hmm. And I, I <laughs> seriously was talking to Casey right before the show. Like, I don't get it. I'll give you the Dan Quinn example, all right, just to put it in some context. And, and we can agree or disagree, but this way I view it. Like, Dan Quinn, I think, was up for the job. He, he turned down the opportunity with the Jags, I don't think, because he knew he was going to be up for the jobs. That's my read on it. And Denver, he was. Chicago, mm-hmm. he was. Looked to be a finalist, I think. I don't know about Minnesota. I think definitely Chicago, Denver. And I think he was in the mix in, in New York. I don't know how many interviews he got, but he's in the mix. Well, when he didn't get the Denver job, and I think he was like the second guy, I think he lost out to Hackett mm-hmm. uh, in, in Denver, and he didn't get the Chicago job. Well, then what I think Dan saw was saying, hey, listen, I don't think I'm, I think Dable's, again, the league talks, right? I think Dable's getting the, the Giants job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull my name out of the hat so I don't lose the job in Denver, lose the job in Chicago, lose the do- job in New York. And then when this cycle hits next year, people are like, well, why didn't anybody want him? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a very small detail. I'm not saying it's a big thing. You can't hire Dan Quinn. But I think that's a game they play in the coaching ranks to be like, hey, remove yourself from consideration, even though you know you're not going to get it. That way it looks doesn't look like you, you, you lost out on the gig. Sure. But do you think, like, Dan Quinn maybe had his heart set only one team because it's a second go-around and he doesn't want to go to a team where if he struggles, then he's probably out of a job as a head coach? Certainly could have been. Because like, I think that's what some guys think here is like, yeah, I can go here, but it may not go that well. I'm kind of on borrowed time. Maybe I'm thin ice because I might be a former head coach before. So maybe he wants to go like to the perfect situation. Well, to be honest with you, on the Dan Quinn situation, I didn't think everybody's like, oh, I didn't take the job, Trent Baalke. See, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't. Now, I don't know. But sure. I think he didn't take the job because he didn't, to your point, he looked at these other jobs out there and he's like, I'll be a better fit here. I'll be a better fit there. He might have already had some intel on his research in Jacksonville with or without Bulky that said, listen, I don't even want to explore that. Because my view on if you're going to ask to be a head coach, you're going to at least go in and check out the waters. You know, maybe they're willing to give you this and that and you can have control and you can have this. Why wouldn't you at least explore that? It costs you nothing to at least do that, even if you're in your mind, hey, I'm probably not going to take this. I mean, everybody that's ever interviewed for jobs does that, right? Like, yeah. you'll go take it. Well, let's just see it, but I don't really think I'm going to go here, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and by the way, in the back pocket of Dan Quinn, in this scenario, is the Dallas Cowboys. And Mike McCarthy could be on a hot seat next year. And then you have Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, and many people think Dan Quinn would get that job mm-hmm. in Dallas. So he's got a lot of options. What's interesting about Byron Leftwich is, in this same scenario, is he didn't really have a lot of options. Again, requested, uh, as some pointed out today, not just rumored, but requested that uh, um, the Saints would Mm -hmm. interview him. He did, as far as I know, do an interview with Chicago, but not a second interview. And he had two interviews here in Jacksonville. Well, what does that show you? Probably wasn't high on the list of the Saints because he never did the interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't high on the list of Chicago because he wasn't brought back, but was probably somewhere on the list, if not the highest on the list in some people's minds, here in Jacksonville. And so 
I just wondered at some point the radio silence of this all was, okay, he's going to wait and see how it unfolds. He's going to give it time. But sooner or later, if he doesn't see this heading in a certain direction, then he is going to say, I'm going back to Tampa. Sure. And uh, that's what happened today. Rick Stroud, or is happening, according to Rick Stroud, uh, that, that covers the Bucks. And... By the way, Rick Stroud and another person last week, like last Tuesday, that said this thing was close to happening in Jacksonville with Byron Lefwich. Uh, so, but he said today that he is soon going to, I'm going to quote, sure. uh, it says, hearing Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich is expected to remove himself from consideration for the Jaguars head coaching job soon. Former Raiders interim head coach Rich Passaccia, former Eagles coach Doug Peterson, remain strong candidates. So do you do you buy him, though, saying in the beginning that they were close to hiring Byron Lefwich? Then are you going to buy him now saying that he's removed his hat from the coaching search? With, with Rick Stroud? Because, I mean, obviously, if this is true, he's probably, probably has a good idea of of what's going on here. Yeah. So, like, did you buy the whole, they were close? Listen, I don't diffuse, I don't diffuse people that think they were close. I think there are semantics of close and, and, and not close. I have heard that he was never offered the deal as much as I have been, has been reported that he was offered the deal. And to me, in my world, those are different things, you know, uh, from a reporting standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, it's one thing to report it that way from a publication or a TV outlet or, or a, whatever outlet another different one for rumors to start spreading and and other things so um i think they i don't know i have to go back and read stroud's tweet or or terminology of how strong he was on it but i do know some people around the situation last tuesday were like they're about to sign on the dotted line it will be finalized in the next couple of minutes couple of hours there's a big difference between heading that way and being that far down the road, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, and I, in our business, I think there is. Mm-hmm. So um, the bottom line is it's not happening. And I would, I would uh, believe, I guess I'm more apt to believe this report too, because I'm been, I just proposed the question today. I've been waiting for it. Yeah. I've been waiting for left, which would be like, listen, I'm not getting tied up in your dance anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're not moving. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. And so good for him. Yeah. You know, keep in mind, this was a, this, here I am with, with the Leftwich front, and you know this. I told you I thought he should send the text and, and, and say, I'm not taking the job until Balky's out. So I think what he did, if he, pull, if he pulled a power move there and said, listen, I can work with him. Mm-hmm. And then he got to a second interview and said, you know what? I've, I've thought more about this. I can't work with him. I don't want to work with him. Doesn't right. set me up. Oh, good for him. Because right. you know what? That's what you should have done. That is what should have been happening. If I'm Byron Leftwich, I want to be set up for success. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I, I told you, I would have texted him to say that. And, and I do not take this job, Byron, if you cannot put the structure in place that you believe will be successful. Yeah. Now, if you believe in Trent Falke, that's up to you. Yeah. Um, but you got to believe that you can be successful. And so from a Byron Leftwich standpoint, as much as I thought he would have been a great hire for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think he could have done a lot of good things for the locker room, for the culture in the building. I think he could have built a good staff. I think he really could have helped Trevor Lawrence out. Good for Byron Leftwich for not feeling comfortable enough to be squeezed into a potential situation or not getting the situation that was set up right for him if that's what transpired and that's what kind of changed this whole thing around the middle of last week. 
because I think he'll be better off for it in the long run. I still believe Byron Leftwich is going to be a name that you will hear in the coaching candidate list for the next few years, if not longer, if he doesn't land one. Well, it's going to be risky, though, because now you're going back to a, a team that's Tom Brady-less. Yes, true. So, like, do you think of Maybe that's why he held out Bay. so long. Maybe, but do you think if Tampa Bay wins five or six games, do you think he's going to be still a hot coach? Yeah, I think you raise a really good question. You know, I mean, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think, but here's my view on it, Austin. I think he's a good coach. Sure. I think, I think uh, so, too. I think uh, if not now, again, I, I don't want to uh, paint this like he was the best candidate. I have said all along, I thought Caldwell was the best candidate. Peterson were the best candidates early on in this process for the Jags because of experience. And then you give me the guys that are on their first go around, and I thought Byron would lead that list. Mm-hmm. So I think we we're both kind of on the same page there. Correct. So I don't want to go back and say, like, well, I thought this guy played the best. No, in the middle of all of this, it turned out that the fans and social media and the buzz wanted Byron above everybody else. I'm not so sure it started that way back in mid-December. Correct, but I think they wanted Byron more because he was the symbol that was going to get Trent Baalke I out of I think you're right. Yeah, that, that everybody means, thought that power yeah. play was in place and Adrian Wilson could. Yeah. I mean, really, the celebration would have been more for Adrian Wilson than even Byron. <laughs> no, for sure. And to, to answer what, what, what Stroud said back with Byron back in January 26th, um, his tweet saying, hearing some items left to uh, clear up contractually, but both Byron Leftwich and Jacksonville are trying to finalize an agreement to make him the Jaguars' next head coach. Yeah, so... Uh, that's pretty far down the road, yeah. that, that Stroud said. Were they ever that far down, or was that a step ahead of down the road that, than it should have been? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a lot of momentum that night that this, this was going to end up as Byron Leftwich. I think we all felt that on that Tuesday, right? That, I, I know it was a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon into and, the evening. And at the end of the day, you know, despite where he ranks on everybody's power rankings in terms of coaching candidates... He was higher on this list than Doug Peterson. He was higher on this list than Ritz Bisaccia, and now you lost him. That's an L. Yeah, let's say the first part of that. In he, terms of higher and, on the and, list, in and, terms of what? In terms of want. He was higher on the list than Doug Peterson. He was higher on the list than Ritz Bisaccia and whoever else the yeah. candidate's going to be now that comes out. He was higher on the list than those two guys. He chose to go back to Tampa Bay. He didn't get poached away like maybe you know O'Connell did and who knows how much the Jaguars wanted O'Connell whatever the yeah. case may be poached away but, like Hackett yeah exactly right. but he wasn't poached away he chose to go back to a team that doesn't have Tom Brady anymore so I think that speaks volumes and just you're taking a giant L here if you're the Jaguars well again I think it's a big win for um for Byron in sticking to what he thinks is is either right or the setup that he needs And I think that's a a good thing. Or, I mean, if there was no power play in place and he was part of the mix but not as far down the road as everybody thinks, he's like, all right, I'm done waiting on you, man. (laughs) I'm out, you know. Um, But uh, Byron Leftwich looks like he's going to be out of the mix. The thing about it is once that thing got spoiled last week, I thought on Friday my feeling was it could still end up in a situation where Shad thinks about it on the weekend as like, you know what, I got Nate Hackett telling me, uh, and, and I got Byron Leftwich telling me, and I've got other people that I've now talked through through this whole process. Like, I'll be coming to my senses here on the whole bulky thing and being in the building and whatever it is, and uh, still thought we could end up with a potential of Leftwich and Adrian Wilson. Like, I remember saying that Friday. Like, I thought that's where it could be possibly headed. Uh, and then Spielman in the mix even 
to my, again, my first thought on Spielman was that it could add to that. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it was uh, Gus and Dave with a little more experience attached. Spielman, Wilson, Leftwich, I think would have been a perfect scenario, really, for how this could have played out um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars fans, by the way, for the NFL, uh, and for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, now that's certainly not uh, going to be the case. Does this kind of leave a little more of a sting, too, because, you know, he is a former player here, and, and, and like, in terms of narrative, it, it seems like that had a lot going for it. And now, you know, regardless of what you say of how it ended here in Jacksonville, it almost adds more salt in the wound now because we can assume that it probably didn't end the cleanest uh, through these negotiations in terms of him being the next head coach. So does that kind of just, in terms of optics, in terms of just what Leftwich thinks, well, probably I, not good, huh? No, nah, I think two things, right? I think, uh, I think... From a former player standpoint, we talked to Brad Meester last week. Mm -hmm. Fred Taylor was outspoken. Mm -hmm. uh, go down the list, right, uh, of people that were like, Byron, 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 that'd be great, right? Mm -hmm. They thought that'd be really great. They rallied around that idea. They talked about how smart he is and how, how beneficial it would be for Trevor. It'd be great to have him. And they did him dirty back in, in his playing days. Jack Del Rio did mm -hmm. with cutting him, like, the day before the season. Mm -hmm. That was, like, messed up, Right. And now this situation feels and looks very similar. Yeah. And, and so not only does it say about the just how you treated a former player now twice in his Jacksonville experiences, but also what the former players that usually have the back of this organization that yeah. want the organization to do so well. Now they're left thinking, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. And like Shad Khan wasn't here for Byron left, which when he played here. No, that's true. That wasn't on shot. So, I mean, I'm not going to put that on shot, obviously. But I just think it's it's a bad look. Um, it's it's a bad... Because, like, I, I, if the Saints came a call and left, which was like, you know what, I'll go to New Orleans, forget the Jaguars, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I get maybe salary caps messy there in New Orleans. You got Taysom Hill. We'll see what the quarterback's going to be like. But uh, I get it. It might be kind of hard to work with. But it's still New Orleans. You know, it's still a, a, a historic team. I understand all that. But the fact you just said, you know what? I'm going back to where, to where I'm at. Offensive coordinator. I'm all set. I don't want to come back home to Jacksonville. That's just, it's a bad look, I think, on the Jaguars. Yeah, listen, I think it's a bad look on the Jags here and how they treat Byron Leftwich on two different occasions. I think he was certainly okay with looking past what happened as a player is 20 years ago. So from his perspective, I didn't think, I wondered for the last few months if it was a big deal. As we look closer into the process in the last couple of weeks and we investigated a Byron Leftwich in Jacksonville, I didn't think it was that big a deal on his part. Yeah. I think he actually benefited from it going to Pittsburgh and other places. But now that you look at this and like how did this have transpired twice with a Jacksonville experience for Byron Leftwich, I got to believe there's a stain there for him, yeah. right? There's got to be. And by the way, I think it might, there are a lot of players, former players in Jacksonville that are so prideful about the team they played for. Like yourself included. Mm -hmm. uh, but especially if you were a teammate of Byron's. And now you just saw this un unravel. And now you're like, Shad Khan, what are we doing? And this is a this hurts your pride in the organization right now. More of an embarrassment if it already wasn't uh, for the Jaguars organization. We gotta take a quick break. We'll come right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Looks like Byron Leftwich out as a candidate of the Jags. 
Welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're up against it a little bit because of the news of uh, the Byron Leftwich taking his name most likely. Now, it hasn't officially happened, but uh, word is he'll take his name out of the running for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. We talk more about it. Got an hour to go on the show. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Byron Leftwich. Where does this leave the Jacksonville Jaguars now? What if Doug Peterson goes elsewhere? Jaguars have royally messed up this coaching search. It's clear as day, and it goes on. More to come. ESPN 690. Football at 5 up next. We'll be right back.